Swing it from Saka. Gabriel's header. Did it go over the line? Goal! Hello and welcome to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. Listener, you join us on the 26th of February 2024 following Arsenal's emphatic 4-1 victory over Newcastle at Emirates Stadium. As you can hear from my voice, I am not producer Graham, he is AWOL, so instead you're stuck with the delightful tones of myself, James, and co-host Dan. Hello, hello. How are you doing? What did you make of that then? 4-1, pretty, uh, as I say, emphatic. Yeah, I mean, pretty disappointed, to be honest. Uh, I feel like as a team, we're regressing. We scored six and then we scored five and now it's four. So I feel like, you know, as a team, we're getting worse. I think, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, we did score none against Porto. Uh, true, true. So you can. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, no, I mean, it It was, yeah, fantastic performance, especially in that first half. I mean, I don't think I've see us, seen us play that well in a I, week I, well but in i mean a week <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't just that you know the goals it was complete domination the word that's being banded about is suffocation and that's what it was newcastle simply could not get out of their half we absolutely destroyed them and uh, it was such a great performance and i'm really pleased that we're just continuing the form and that's Super what we need stuff. right now yeah. yeah, it's it's um, interesting. So we, I haven't spoken to you since um, since obviously the Burnley game, uh, five nil, as you say, um, falling on from the six nil win over West Ham. Obviously, in between, we we did just touch on it just then. Um, the one nil loss away at Porto, um, great to bounce back. I suppose you did say, to be fair to you, in the last podcast that we did, that you felt that the Newcastle game was perhaps more important because without obviously the away goals. Uh, in the Champions League this season and the chance obviously a second leg to turn it around a second leg crucially at, at home that the Newcastle game is more important I hope your mystic Meg prophecies are right and that we can <laughs> we can turn that auto game around but yeah absolutely fantastic to bounce back from that um, where can we start I mean a, a couple of changes to the team probably most notably Jorginho who it seems like every time he starts he gets a man of the match award it's just just different different gravy when he comes in the balance of that midfield is it's just so nice uh, Decker's doing all the running for Jorginho who can just pick up the ball and just pick out people for fun really um, it really was a joy to watch and um, what a steal at 12 million I mean I, I, you know I'll hold my hands up and say I was very sceptical about the, the signing um, I I didn't rate him too much as a player to, to be fair I'd only seen him play only against us and probably when Italy played England and I couldn't say I was overly impressed, especially considering we were going for Caicedo as well. So underwhelming, you know, signing, I thought, but I'm so happy to be wrong. And um, mm-hmm. he's been fantastic. 
And uh, you, mean, you mean to say you think that Chelsea might have got the wrong end of the deal having spent 200 odd million on Caicedo and Mihailo Mudrik, where oh. we've spent where we've spent under 50 million on Leandro Trossard and, and Jorginho. We we owed them at least one. I mean, we've bought so many duds over the years from them. We've we've got, you know, we were due one that actually worked out. And um I'm glad we finally got it because um it Jorginho, Jorginho whenever he's come in, and it it's like he doesn't play week in, week out, but he can play one game and then not play for another month, come in and drop another man of the match performance. He's mm. that good. And um, yeah, really pleased. Absolutely. I mean, I saw I saw a tweet where someone said that um, is it a case that now Thomas Partey is Jorginho's backup rather than the other <laughs> way around? Um, I wouldn't quite go that far. I don't. I don't quite know yeah, the of Thomas Partey, but I think with Jorginho, I mean, look, I think a lot of the reservation. Not to dwell on that too much, but I think a lot of the reservations that you had, I had, we all probably had, was exactly as you say. We've we bought another one from Chelsea, another one of their castoffs. It's a player who's probably had the best years of his career already behind him. Um, I think he's, what, 31, 31, 32? Yeah. Um, He's probably had the best years behind him. But in this role where it seems that he's happy not to be starting week in, week out, um, he can use his brain. He's never really been the paciest of players. Um, He just has that great layer of depth to the squad. And you think, and I know you've got a bit of a soft spot for Mohamed Elneny, but (laughs) I think it's just when you... When you look at the levels of the squad, if you can bring on and look, Elneny, he, he got an he got his appearance money on Saturday night. He got a few <laughs> minutes under the, under his belt in the uh, the Mohamed Elneny farewell tour. But um, <laughs> no, I, I was I'm like yourself. I was I was so pleased that um, I think Jorginho has proven a lot of the fans wrong. wrong. He's won them round. Um, I think that we're we're only a year in, just over a year into his Arsenal um, career, but it feels like he's been with us for ages, and he feels like a proper Arsenal man now, as opposed yeah. to being, you know, one of their players that we're just we've just got towards the tail end of his career. And yeah, he, he dropped a man of the match performance, and I think the team just looks so much better with him. We we spoke um, on the last part about finding a balance, particularly without uh, Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus, and Thomas Partey, who were three key components from last season. Um, we changed up a little bit, obviously bringing Jorginho in um, into the midfield, and and uh, we alongside Kai Havertz and Declan Rice. Um, uh, yeah, we did. Didn't we? Kai, Kai played, as played up front. Kai played. Up, I was trying to think. Kai played. Yeah. played up front. Uh, Martin Odegaard, listener. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. lost my head. I, there, drink <laughs> was taken on Saturday. I will confess, <laughs> drink had been taken. This is the danger of having an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night. Um, you're giving you the run the alcohol bit. where you, you you're were on giving the, the punters an excuse to have a bevy, um, <laughs> not that they always need it. Um, yes, sorry, absolutely right. Kai Havertz obviously played up front. We brought in Jorginho into midfield with Martin Odegaard and um, Declan Rice, and I think that that balance was really nice. And it's nice to have that interchangeability that be it Jorginho can come in or we have the option of, of playing Trossard. Um, yes, I didn't want to necessarily come to this straight away because we've kind of skipped over the whole game. And going to this point, but um, what has Gabriel Jesus got to do to get back in the team? <laughs> it, it's it's such a tough one because Havertz, I thought, had a really good game, uh, especially in that first half. I thought he caused havoc. Um, you know, just all round game was so good. He kind of faded into the, in the second half, but um, overall, I thought he had a great game. Should have probably got another one. Um, Fortunate miss, but he got his goal, which was well deserved. And um, 
yeah, I was really pleased with Kai. And and as you say, with Trossard as well, who can play that false nine, we scored plenty of goals without Gabby Jesus. It's it's a it's a weird one. How do you introduce him back when you're scoring four, fives, and sixes a game? But then again, in Porto, I've thought that if Gabby Jesus plays that game, I don't think we lose it. And in fact, we may come away with with a win from Porto because Gabby Jesus is that type of high energy player that you need uh, sometimes. But it's just great to have that squad option, and um, I think we're really u- utilizing the squad quite well now um, with the you know. Smith Rowe coming back, he got minutes, and um, obviously bringing in Jorginho as and when. Bastard Dan Burn, bastard Dan, damn you Dan Ru- Burn, ruined it. Damn you Dan Burn, stop him. Wanted to sing the song and he Cole. ruined it. We're ready, we're ready to go. All status quo on you, bastard. Um, yeah, look, hundred percent, mate. I mean, I, I absolutely make you right. I mean, we said it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Huge Gabby Jesus fans. Um, I, I make you completely right. I, I do think. Porto was the game for him. I think I said on our like rambly pod that I'd sort of did with Graham on um, <laughs> like a post match, and, and and I've definitely thought it since is that um, we really miss Sinchenko and Gabby Jesus in that game. Their experience, their nous, um, their ability in that in that sort of European arena, I think would have been invaluable, and we've really missed that. And look, I'm obviously joking around. Of course, there's a way back in for Gabby Jesus. You know, it's, it's a squad game. Um, I do wonder actually if that place back in the team might be on the left hand side in place of um another Gabby in, in Martinelli. I think he's just um something doesn't quite seem to be clicking with him. I didn't think he had a bad game. Um I thought he was superb against Liverpool a few weeks ago with his direct running and um yeah. the power that he shows with with those runs. Um and he's got a couple of peripheral goals in the team um while we've been on this good run. But it's it's quite marked for me that we have been scoring so many goals and he's not right in amongst it because he's probably of of that front three, if you think of the traditional front three of Martinelli, Jesus and Saka, I think Martinelli at one point looked like the most natural finisher out of yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe Jesus can come in on the left. I mean, what a great option that would be as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, because Trossard gets used in that. I mean, it would be mm. good. I think Jesus would probably be a better option as that mm. left-sided uh, player to come in if Gabby's not playing well. I mean, with Martinelli, there's loads of endeavour there. He works his socks off week in, week out, and he's always attacking his fullback and he's tr- always trying to make something happen. But uh, I make you right. It's like you're scoring all these goals and he's not one of the, you know, make. he's getting a goal and assist here and there, but, you know, he's not coming away with a standout performance in, mm. in the sense of uh, goals. Yeah, it was, um, it was those late goals against Palace, which were kind of in like garbage time. Yeah, um, and it's like, whereas we're used to him being a real difference maker for us in front of goal. Maybe it's just one of those seasons. Maybe it's just one of those runs of forms. I don't know. Maybe he's saving it until we until we hit hit uh, hit late March and April or May when it's it's really we're really at the business end. But yeah, um, you mentioned um, whether Gabby can get back in. Can mm. Zinni get back in? Because the way Kivio's playing at the moment, um, I, I make it, I make a hard case, you know, for Kivio to, to to keep that left back spot because yeah, we've yeah. now got Benny Blanco inverting, who I think's, you know, really hitting the levels now he was last season, and um, we just look more defensively solid with Kivio at left back and more of an attacking threat from corners as well, which he showed 
Um, on yeah, Saturday great for him. Well. Great for him to get his goal. Um, set piece kings. We know what <laughs> yeah. we are. Yeah. Um, the Stoke of the South. Look, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. It, it really is because, uh, as I said before, um, when he came on at half time against Liverpool for, for Zinchenko, I, I really thought, oh, oh, here we go again. Um, in that Liverpool would target that that left side, and I thought that we'd be we'd we'd um, we'd be made to pay for the fact that we didn't take all our chances in that first half. But if anything, we came on strong again in the second half. And, and since then, Kivio hasn't put a foot wrong. And, you know, it's like a third centre-back, that extra layer of security. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we've had, what, three shots against us in the last three games, um, which is insane. I mean, I think our XG against us is like 1.84 or something stupid like that. I don't know the exact stat, listener. I mean, hit us up in the comments on socials. Tweet the, tweet the life out of us. Um, but Man City is this is a second, and theirs is like four point something. So we're yeah. we're massively trending in the right direction, like way like we're off the chart um, yeah. with our defensive performance. And I think he's a big part of that. The, the unit looks really strong. As I said on on last week's pod, you know, have we have we found the balance? And I think maybe we have. Maybe we have. Maybe we've we've stumbled across something. But yeah, um, I do think there will be a place for Zinni to get back in the team. As I said the Porto game the other day I just think someone with his ability to put his foot on the ball and take a bit of the pressure off the off the get off the uh, match and kind of set the tempo I think is invaluable and I can definitely see in the home game if we need to have cool heads you can definitely see uh, uh not necessarily against Porto but you can definitely see a match coming on the horizon where we know we're going to have the bulk of the possession where you can see Zinchenko and Jorginho playing in the same team and then you just yeah. never will be able to get the ball off us it's particularly with Martin Odegaard dropping in and, and Declan Rice as well and that's kind of what we needed that kind of control um, we kind of I think all of us got a little bit I think one of the words we used at the first half of the season was that we're playing with a handbrake on and it was very controlling and like you say we're trying to suffocate teams but that was more like a slow boa constrictor, whereas now it's like two two hands firmly gripped round the throat of the of the of the um, battered opponent, where we're squeezing really hard. And I think, I mean, um, yeah, that control that, is, is brilliant to have. Yeah, but do you think it's intentional from Mikel? Like, whereas last season we started the season like a steam train and carried on blitzing teams and stuff like that, and kind of ran out of steam by this time, February, yeah, March. Whereas this season he's recognised. You can't play a hundred miles an hour for the whole season and expect to last. And so we started slower. We we were saying, you know, playing with the handbrake on, so to speak, still picking up performances, still staying there and thereabouts. And now we're starting to take the handbrake off and at the right time. And yeah. so we can now kick on from February, March, uh, and, and kick on playing the similar style we were playing last season, the way we started. Or do you think we've mistimed it and we've we've peaked? Mate, it, it, I'm not going to lie. Me being a glass half empty merchant, I do feel like oh shit, we've peaked too soon because <laughs> we are we are absolutely flying. Like absolutely, I mean, Mikel's going to get the manager of the month award. I'm sure of it. And yeah. then I just think oh shit, the curse of that. You know, we've got Sheffield United away. Surely, surely, <laughs> Sheffield United away, Ramwell Lane. Uh, a team that have conceded eight goals at home to Newcastle. Surely uh, they've conceded a bundle to Aston Villa as well. Brighton we have got go... five there yeah, twice this year. That we won't go there and, and, and slip on the banana skin. Surely not. Surely we'll, we'll, we'll put them right to the sword. No pun intended, um, <laughs> Blades fans. Um, 
we got to be past that now, haven't we? But, but yeah, I mean, I just, I do think, yeah, the manager of the month trophy, I think is, is his. I think we've been, the game against Palace was functional. The game against Forest was, was probably functional plus five, maybe, if you wanted to kind of look at the scale. And then Liverpool, we turned it right up to 10. And then since then, we haven't taken the foot off the pedal. We've been really revving on all cylinders. Um, obviously, that Porto game aside, but um, I couldn't... Re- I, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know I could be happier with... Uh, you, well, it's impossible to be happy with our league form. I don't know that you could be any any better. I mean, even the goal we conceded on Saturday was to an Arsenal player. <laughs> yeah. Is Joe Willock still one of our boys? Joey but, um, Willock, yeah, he's still a gooner. That's... But no, it's it's we 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 really are hitting our straps, and I think to your point, is it is it planned? Um, I don't think you tell your team, okay, let's let's try and play within ourselves and hold something back. I, I don't think that's the case. I definitely think it was probably a case though that, and and I don't want to make Gary Neville right, but I think definitely oh, no, there were times. <laughs> definitely, there were times last season where we were too emotional. It was too harem scaring. We were too open. It was too much back and forth. I remember particularly a game early in the season against Leicester where we won. Um, and I remember there was a couple of opportunities they could have easily got back into that game before we, we went on and scored a couple more. And a few matches took on that kind of, um, as I say, that back and forward nature. And it, and it does expend a lot of energy from you and emotion from you, particularly when you're in a title race. Um, whereas this season, it's been more controlled. It's been more, let's keep the back door locked. Let's not give anyone a second chance. Let's kill a game off. And be and start by being firm. Um, the old adage, what is it they say? Um, attacks win games, but defenses win championships. And it's that yeah. kind of mentality, I think, that's that's got us into this position. Um, and it also kind of eludes the thing. And I and I, I hate the fact, listener, that we always end up talking about the bloody goalkeeping position. Oh my god! Um, but I feel like that again is further reason <laughs> because we took out the guy who was emotional. And a little bit on the edge, and we brought in someone who's completely calmed everything down, and it's gone a different way. And now you're starting to see that um, with David Raya. You can see the influence of Jorginho on the team when he comes in and out. You can see what Kai Havertz is starting to do now um, by playing Kirior as a left back. I don't think that was the plan. I'll be honest, but I think Yuri and Timber would have been more of that type than more of the Zinchenko type, that defence first kind of fullback. Um, yeah. Tommy Asu, I'm sure if he if he was in the position to be able to play more minutes, it would be more of the same as well. So, um, yeah, I, I do think it was definitely a plan to be a little bit more conservative, I suppose. I, I'm not sure maybe as much as we were. Um, but then I do think it was also a case of that right in the new year, I think yeah. circumstances de- decreed that we have to go for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we banked on the fact that Liverpool would be in the title race as, as much as they have been. Um, I think... I I certainly thought it'd be between us and City, and I thought Liverpool would probably be there or thereabouts in like third or fourth, something like that. I didn't necessarily think they would kind of do what they have done, and, and credit to them, they've gone on a brilliant run. Um, but I think obviously then losing the game to Fulham on New Year's Day and, and dropping those points over Christmas has kind of meant that our room for error is pretty minimal because we know what Man City are going to do. Um, and that's why we've taken the handbrake off and just kind of gone for it a little bit and been more expansive. And you know what? It's exciting to watch, but we're doing it while also keeping the back door locked. And that's just amazing to see. It is, yeah. It the, really the form is. we're in at the moment. I mean, my only kind of, um, as I said, that from being a glass half empty kind of guy and like looking at it and thinking, shit, if we peak too soon, would be, I would love us to be playing Man City next week. 
like I want them now. Like I feel like we are. I feel like we are red hot right now. Yeah, with our razor sharp. Like as you said, that first half was just pure domination. I mean, um, there was there was a lot of conversation, wasn't there, about Bakayo Saka and in the week is he world class? You know, comparing him to Phil Foden, there's been a lot of conversation about Saka. Is he is he as good as he was last year? And mate, that first half, he was just electric. Yeah, absolutely electric. The the team were in in general anyway. He was, um, yeah, to a man though. Yeah, everyone played their part, and I mean, they did not have a shot on goal, and I think that was the first time they hadn't had a shot on goal in the first half for like eleven years or some something like that. It was ridiculous. They just could not get out, and um, yeah, Bakayo. People are saying he's not as not not playing as well as he did last season. I'm not a massive stats guy, but he's putting up numbers, man. He's scoring goals. And he's getting assists, and and that's what we want from him. And he's only going to get better. Uh, the whole world class debate, I wasn't really going to get involved in all of that because people's perception of world class is different, right? We all have mm. our own criteria to for what we consider world class. Um, so it, that that's all about you know your own opinions. But um, I love Bukayo Saka, and um, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Absolutely. Um, Do you know what I was just going to add on that? Um, when you when you say about um Bakayo and, and is he world class and, and not and about people's perceptions, I think one of the things that probably just struck me, let's let's kind of part that a bit, but if they were drawing up a footballer of the year award and it was going to be decided now, he's hmm. gotta be like right in the running, surely. How could he not be? I yeah. How you could know, he... and I think that's kind of the benchmark like in terms of I can't think of many players who've had a better Premier League season. No, I mean, Phil Foden is having a fantastic season, to be fair. Uh, his best ever, I would say. Um, he's actually starting to produce what we all thought he could. He is obviously a tremendous talent. Was he not good the year they won the league and he was playing as a false nine? He has he has kind of done this before. I, I mean, he has, but he's playing week in, week out now, whereas Pep mm. was using yeah. him very sporadically throughout the season and he was playing really well, but... He wasn't a guaranteed starter week in, week out. Uh, Man City now, Foden's second name on the team sheet behind uh, Erling Haaland now, I think, at the moment. Um, and City keep on... I mean, I, I watched them against Sheffield United. Oh, no, was it Sheffield United? Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah. And they... Was it 1-0? Yeah. They're getting the results. They're grinding the results out, but they're not overly impressive. I don't yeah. think... Wow. They're, they're starting to put a little run together, aren't they? I yeah, mean, they're not they're not being impressive, but they it's, they're just getting it done. Um, but that's that's what they did Chelsea last week, but you know, yeah. But I mean, City going on these runs, everyone's like, yeah, that's that's normal. But if Man City were doing what we are doing, everyone would be like, wow, making oh, you know yeah. champions. That's what Man City do, blah blah blah. But they're grinding out one nils, and. Uh, I don't think there's any argument that we're playing the best football in the league right now. Mm. Um, and that's why that... I would love to, I'd love to be playing them right now. Cause I think we are, we're, we're red hot and they're probably not quite at that point just yet. I mean, they had a very good performance in the champions league, albeit it's against Copenhagen. Um, yeah. But yeah. You, it, City, I suppose have got the credit in the bank, haven't they? You know what they can do. Um, and it does feel a little bit ominous that, as I said, they're just ticking over and ticking over and ticking over. And you know that at some point it's going to come good. But then I 
saying that, who's to say that we can't just keep this going? I mean, we've got we've got a couple of winnable fixtures coming up. As you say, we've got Sheffield United away next Monday, um, and then into Brentford at home, who've just been slapped by West Ham. Um, and then uh, Porto sandwiches the Chelsea game. Um, hopefully we can get through Porto, which which is, is not going to be any easy task by any stretch. Um, and then Chelsea, who obviously, you know, that team of blue billion pound pension bottle jobs who lost the League Cup to Liverpool's under-12s, well, as the media would have you believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they essentially picked kids off the streets from Liverpool, stuck them on the pitch, and they won a cup. So, fantastic. How does Klopp do it? Um, no, in all seriousness, it was, you know, an impressive thing to do with the squad that they have. But taking it back to the league, they have got a lot of injuries. And I think, They've done really well to, you know, get where they are now and still be in the title race. But depending on how long those injuries are, you might see them fall away a bit. Um, yeah, fighting on four fronts. They've got the FA Cup yeah. this midweek um, it, and then back to the lot. league. Um, I, for one, really hope that they drop points. Well, that'd be quite nice if they draw, drew with Man City when they play them in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Because uh, they obviously can't beat each other. Um yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that kind of gives us a bit of a window. I mean, I think what we're doing is we're bubbling along nicely. Um, and so we've got some winnable games coming up. And there's only twelve games uh, left. I know, but that's that's a big that's chunk insane, of the season. Isn't it? It's a big chunk. Of, we were at this that we were at this point last season. But uh, I'm we beat Fulham. We beat, we beat Fulham last season away, and we were like, right, this is it. Count the games down, and it just kind of the the, the kind of we just ran out of steam. And I and I guess. Um, and listener, you'll know where I'm coming from with this because I'm sure you've you've been on this journey as we all have. And it's it's you think back three years ago, and it was the race for the top four, and we had those three disappointing draws. I think it was Southampton, um, Brighton, and Palace. Was it? I think I think it was Southampton, Brighton, Palace. We drew three games in a row, um, surrendered a little bit of initiative, then got back in the race. Eddie and Ketia got a couple of goals at Chelsea. I remember away. Um, yeah. And then, unfortunately, we all know what happened. What happened in the last week of the season, and, and it, we just missed out. We ran out. We just ran out of steam. Our legs failed us, really. Squad's legs failed us. And then last season, we were really on track, and then it was the three draws in a row: Liverpool, West Ham, and Southampton. And, and again, I wouldn't say the wheels came off, but our legs just ran out of steam from under us. And then now this season, maybe it is. Maybe you're absolutely right. Mikel may have played an absolute blinder, and he's he's, he's positioned us. Um, <laughs> And I just, yeah, I just, maybe because I don't know we can play much better than this. Can we? I don't know. Can we play better than this? Are we, are we, I mean, I think we're beating teams that we're expected to beat, but it's just the manner in which we're doing it is, is something I haven't seen. You know, we, we're going back to Invincibles days here where we're winning games with, within the hour um, yeah. and we can start doing what we've all wanted. And you kind of alluded to it right at the start of this chat um, about utilizing the depth of the squad and, and bringing players in and giving other other players fringe players minutes. I mean, as I said earlier on, El Nenny got got an appear <laughs> got an appearance fee. Um, Egyptian Pirlo, yeah. Um, Reese Nelson, Emil Smith Rowe. You know, it, it's really nice. We're starting to see the squads, and we can see you know players like Saka get a couple of minutes off and just ease off. And it's just yeah, I'm 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 loving it at the moment. Absolutely loving it. I mean, yeah, you, you've mentioned you know the fact that we're in this position now. And we have, haven't been without three of our main starters from last year for quite a lot of the season. 
in Thomas Partey, Gabby Jesus, as Zinchenko, they've missed a, quite a lot of the season and we're still in the position we are. And I think that's due to the squad that Mikel's built and the way he sets us up. Um, and yeah, and we still have those players to come back. If we'll see Thomas Partey playing an Arsenal shirt again, I don't know. I hope so. But um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um in terms of Zinchenko and Gabby Jesus, they'll come back, but then they'll probably pick up another little injury here or there, miss another couple of games. Um, you just can't rely on them, unfortunately. Um, but I still feel confident in the squad that we have. And I mean, there was this talk, <laughs> ironically, you know, after the two games we lost, Arsenal need a striker. Oh my gosh. If we don't get a striker, we can't do this and that. And we've gone on to score 25 goals in five games or however many. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Um, I mean, I, I was one of those dissenting voices that, that said, I remember saying, it, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Liverpool game. And I was looking at it and thinking, do you know what? There's a striker-shaped hole at the start of this, at the top yeah. of this pitch. That's not to um, say that everyone was wrong, because I feel like we need a, another striker as well for, for the squad. I, I'm a massive fan of Gabby Jesus. I still think, you know... And if you were to say what's, it's your, quite marked that what's your best Ketty... Arsenal eleven, Jesus is is in there for me. But yeah, um... sorry to talk over you. Sorry, I was, was going to say it's it's quite marked to notice that Eddie and Ketty is not really getting a, an absolute sniff at all now. You know, yeah. when you think he was at the start of the season, he was very much the second option, and now he's he's mm-hmm. way down that pecking order. Well, well, I think as you say, I think we've I don't want to say stumbled on something because I like to think Mikel knows what he's doing and he knows exactly mm-hmm. what we need. Um, 100%. But I think it's just one of those things where he's seen the direction of how we can play with a false nine and how we can bring in other people. And Eddie's just not the guy for that, unfortunately. Um, and I could probably see him moving on in the summer. Yeah. Um, and, I think it's and- strange that we've, we've, it's taken this long to get back to that point because I remember, I remember having this conversation with you a long time ago where we spoke about how well. Leandro Trossard and and played when he, we first signed him and how he gave us something different because he came into the team when Gabby Jesus got injured as that false nine and it was kind of like boom okay we've got another option here yeah um, and started scoring straight away and I just think mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like you know he's taking it on again we've tried him in the eight we've tried him out wide it would seem that that false nine kind of floating role really suits him well and and Kai Havertz is kind of like coming alive now you know he's played yeah. in the left eight and he's he's looked okay um he's looking better and better as the season's going on but that kind of i think the role that was made for kai is that kind of like i don't want to call it a nine and a half i don't want to call it an eight and a half but if you could kind of like amalgamate the two that kind of like free role floating that's what he's doing isn't it where he's just breaking from deep and and his press is so good i, I was so impressed with kai's work rate on saturday i really thought he kind of led from the front He's that great focal point. Whenever the ball's in the air, you know, he's... This is really sacrilegious to say this, but it's like Marouane Fellaini, where it's like the ball just sticks to his chest. Oh. I think he's I think he's a lot... There's a lot more ability with <laughs> yeah, Havertz no. than Marouane Fellaini. I, 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 I can very, see... Very, very clear on that. Yeah, but I can you see get where I'm coming from, listener, I'm yeah. sure. Well, would you say now, considering where we are, do we still miss Granite Xhaka? Great question. Great question. Um, it's difficult to say no when you see what Granite's doing for Leverkusen. Um, I mean, I, I personally think the time is right for him to move on. I think he was at the club for seven years. 
I think he was very, very good for last uh, during last season, and and I think he was good for the majority of the season before that. So you're looking at a good 18, 19 months out of seven years. Um, we probably used him in the wrong position. To be honest, he was clearly not a six. He was, he no, was definitely he was, he was he was a left eight breaking forward and and crashing the box was definitely his game. Um, but you know, I, I, he let himself down sometimes. Um, with his performances, um, and we let him down with the way we picked him and, and used him. Um, so hindsight's a wonderful thing. Do we miss him? Look, I'd rather us have him in the squad right now than not, because unfortunately, as much as we speak about Thomas Partey, he's not an option. And one thing that Granit Xhaka was, if nothing else, was so durable. Yeah, He, he very rarely got injured um, and was often there and, and ready to be picked. So from that point of view, more than anything else, I'd like to have Granite knocking around. Um, yeah, I mean, but... in the squad, as you say, I think there's 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 definitely be a space for him in the squad. But in terms of output, uh, I think his best season for us was last season. He scored seven mm. goals, got seven assists. Havertz has got seven goals, and I think it's two assists. But yeah, two the, or the three, gap, something like that. But the goal output is the same, and we're only you know we're just coming up to March. So I think what Mikel's way of thinking was, and I mean, Xhaka, we found his position, but that would be his position. Like you, mm. he was a good player and he could do a job. Other, but with Havertz, he can do the number eight. I'm not saying maybe not as well, but he can also play as a false nine. So yeah. multifunctional, exactly. So in terms of flexibility, the Swiss Army knife, although. <laughs> Granite was Swiss. Yeah. Kai's <laughs> German. But yeah, the same sort of efficiencies. Lots of stereotypes the, here. Lots of stereotypes. I mentioned the German army. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think, and that's what Mikel wants is flexibility in his players, players that can play different positions. And those Jacker was really good last season in that left eight. You know, he made that position his own. And then whoever we were going to bring in next had to play like Granite Jacker, but better. Essentially, yeah. he turned that role into his own. Um, and Mikel went in a different direction, bringing in Havertz, and everyone kicked off because, like, well, he's not going to be able to play the left eight like Granite Xhaka. He's not going to be able to get his foot in. He's not going to be, you know. And it turns out it's he's wanted to play him in that position, but different to the way Xhaka played it. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, I think he's, it's starting he's, to he's, work how he wants now. Um, he's much he he's much further forward than Granite ever was, and for longer periods, as I said, he's the focal point. When there's when the ball goes up in the air, you can see that it's it's targeted towards Kai. Um, yeah. He's got that ability to crash the box. His work rate off the balls really really impressed me, particularly in the last few weeks. I still think there's things that can can be improved upon. I mean, he missed a, a really good chance when he was through one on one. Which you know, if you're being cynical, you'd say that you know, you, if you're being a striker for Arsenal, you've got to bury that. But I've seen better players than 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 Kai miss easier chances than that, so I can let him off. But his movement for the first goal, um, or for his first goal, um, our second goal on Saturday was fantastic. Um, there's something about him. I don't know. I, I I was a little bit lukewarm to the signing. I could kind of see what. Mikel wanted because like everybody we'd all seen the clips of him at Leverkusen when he sort of played in that kind of floating free role um, and look it's quite clear from from what Granite's doing from the very little I see of, of the Bundesliga that you get a lot more time and it's a lot less um, although it's a physical league it's a lot less physical than the Premier League um, 
but yeah, I I, I can see what what Kai is, is there for. I think he's a good addition in the squad. A few weeks ago, I think we we posed the question that you know if you got an offer from in the coming summer, would you consider it? And I think I was one of the few that probably said, yeah, I would. You know, cut your losses if he's if he's not if he's not gonna if he's not what you want. You know, yeah. don't dwell on a mistake. But I'm re- I I have to say I've, I've I've changed my opinion. It's amazing what a few wins can do, isn't it? You know how <laughs> how how even even for a glass half empty guy like me, you can start to see. Don't see worry, mate. Bit, I won't call you a flip flop or anything. It's fine. No, I, well, <laughs> I'm only joking. People have said worse. I'm not going to nah. lie. Um, <laughs> but no, I can, I can. I think the thing is is and I I used this comment before. I think a few times. And I probably said the, the same about David Raya. Um, if you have to squint to see it, maybe that's not a good thing. But then, as I say that, maybe, just maybe, the professionals who are paid an absolute abundance to make these decisions for a living might know a little bit more than people like me. What? Um, that's exactly. a ludicrous thing to say. I know, I know. Say, how dare you? How do you believe? Um, but I'm starting to see it more and more now. And I think, you know what, particularly, I think the biggest thing for me and and it was why I sort of posed the question earlier on, and I don't want to keep going back over old ground, but why I said about, you know, can you see a way in for uh, Gabby Jesus? I'm not sure that Kai Havertz can play with Gabby Jesus as when Gabby Jesus plays down the middle. I think mm-hmm. they were kind of, I think they kind of take it up each other's zones. They kind of, where, where they want to press, where they want to drop into those little pockets was very similar, where I think for some reason that just works completely different with Trossard. And I don't know if that's, because of the, the type of player that Trossard is, or maybe that's just, I'm looking at it differently because of how the team's set up behind them or or because we're winning games. I don't know, but it just struck me that in the, in the couple of games where we tried that, it worked really, really well. And I thought we saw the best of Kai Havertz and I think we're starting to see him, him kick on. Now, having said all of that, I'm not <laughs> saying that Kai Havertz has to play every single game and he's, you know, he's the finished piece and, you know, no, I just think he's a. I think he's a good addition we've got in the squad. He's hit a bit of form. Long may it continue. I mean, I would say so. Havertz's goal, um, not to, you know, go too far into it. Um, it looked like a tap in, but I don't think Gabby Jesus makes that run. I think that's a run of a well, strike. That's what I mean. And so, Gabby Jesus was would probably be fucking out wide or on the edge well, the of the actual, box. The, 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 and, um, the way you'd want your striker to be was attacking the near post. But yeah. Kai actually pulled back, didn't he, and sort of attacked the centre of the goal. Yeah. Um, but it was more of a, a striker's run. And I feel like mm. if he can make those runs, which, as you said, he's great at attacking the box, there is room for those two. I, I don't know if it's quite clicked yet, but I see a world where that could work. Mm. Um but obviously that would mean Havertz playing as a more traditional nine and Jesus maybe coming off the left or, you know, having a bit more of a free role. Um, but who knows? As I said, um, we'll let the professionals who, you know, yeah, might, and you know, might what? know think, a little bit more I than us. But I mean, maybe... we've played football manager, so Absolutely. we know quite a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. I've done very well with football manager, you know, Barnet, exactly. Barnet so... in my world, we're, we're champions of Europe at one point. So exactly. So respect know, to us over here. Done. Do you know what I mean? Um, I was just going to say is like a final point with, with Kai Havertz. I think you can trace it all back to that Liverpool FA Cup game where I know he was getting a lot of pelters for a few of the chances he missed, but his overall game in that, his overall performance in that game was really solid. And I think that's kind of, he's kicked on from there. And I think definitely this role suits him more 
Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just high on the team right now, but I, I just, as I said, I, Drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, I am. I'm. I'm signed up. I'm fully <laughs> merched up. I'm badged up. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm sipping from the cup. Mikel <laughs> well, I mean, Arteta's glorious gunners. You can't and I feel like this now. Is when where... can you? Seriously. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we should be basking in in the form that we're in right now and have that confidence that we go to Sheffield United and we put in another great performance and should be four or five or six. Now we have PTSD <laughs> as Arsenal fans that it won't work out that way. And we'll lose one nil to an Ollie McBurney goal in the 80th oh. minute or something like that. Well, but that. in general, right. We, we should now have the confidence in the team. We're, we're not that team anymore. No. And, and one thing this team has, has shown is, is like you say, they've shown they've got bounce back ability. They've shown they've got energy determination, you know, very rarely does this team not turn up. You know, even the Porto game, okay, we might have got our game plan wrong in that in that particular match. Um, but I don't think you could say we didn't turn up. Uh, Fulham, after Bukayo Saka scored in like the fifth or sixth minute, yeah, I could say we didn't turn up in that game. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of excuse. You know, it was hectic Christmas period after three three that you know game every three days that kind of stuff. But generally, we turn up right. Yeah. Um, and you're you're absolutely right. We've got we we need to have a bit of trust in this team. Um, Onwards we march, always, mate. Always in the back of our heads, isn't it? Though, like we should be confidently saying, "Yeah, we'll go up to Sheffield United. We've just beat bloody you know Newcastle four one, Burnley five nil, West Ham six nil, and Sheffield United who have conceded they have a goal difference of minus forty eight or whatever it is, and we're on plus thirty eight um, <laughs> <laughs> going away." And we're like, oh, I'll take a one we'll nil. Get in, they'll we? try and get into it. Yeah, the old, as you say, the PTSD, the old scars. Because you know, well, you knew as, as an Arsenal fan, particularly going up to those sort of northern northern games, midweek, under the lights, crowd's going to get be up for it. They're just going to come steaming in with a few over-the-top tackles. And have we got the bollocks to stand up to it? And you know what? We we are the set-piece kings now. So from that yeah. point of view, we can. Um, we've got the king of Brazil. <laughs> our wall at a centre back in, in in big Gabriel, um, yeah. Why not? Why can't we mix it with them? Um, and I mean, you, look, you're absolutely right. We should be going there and, and absolutely doing a job on them. Um, we play last next weekend, yeah. so don't like Monday night games. I feel like there's going to be a bit, little bit of pressure on us for for us don't to like win. Yeah. Um, but do you know what? What a great kind of statement win that will be. Um, just purely yeah. from a point of dealing with the pressure, and then obviously going into to Brentford at home. So, um, yeah, I'd, look, I'd like to think that we're at a level now where, you know, where we're Arsenal. And so teams will raise their game against us. All right. Mm. You know, we're playing Arsenal. Let's really get to him. But I want to get to the stage. And I, I think we're on our way there of where teams are actually scared of us. And it's not, you know, all oh, we'll up our game is, or oh, we better not, you know, like mm. when Man City come to town, it's not about, oh, let's get at them. It's let's try and contain them and try and, yeah. you know, hold on as long as we can and maybe try and grab a goal here. You, you know, have that bit of fear about us. That, have a bit of swagger. Yeah. Like we are the fucking, we are the bollocks. We are we're the here. We're going to smash you whether you like it or not. And I feel like we can have that swagger, that confidence without 
being too arrogant. I mean, some have said after Porto, it was kind of, you know, a bit of a wake up call brought us back down to reality. I think so. And I, 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 I completely agree with that. I think we were getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, I, and I, I think, think that I was think... that was the little slap on the bottom to say, "All right, lads, steady yep. on. Um, these are no mugs." And you know, Champions League football is different to Premier League football, and I think Porto played the exact, you know, European way and really kind of taught taught that young team a lesson in how to play. Uh, Champions League football and um, nullify a team, a, a better team. And, um, you know, luckily we showed great um, bounce back, as, as you said, really made a statement to say, do you know what? Fuck you. That was an off night. And um, on we go. So Yeah. And I, and I think it's important to kind of like to, to underline that game and, and, and the pod really. And I suppose, you know, to kind of, to wrap this up a little bit, to, I suppose to say that, look, we are walking contradictions. That's what we are as fans. You know, one minute <laughs> we're, we're high on it and the next minute we're down on it. And that's that's kind of what our job is. That's what our role is. We support the team through thick and thin and, and we ride the emotions. And, you know, the journey is always better than the destination. And we're on a journey. And, and if you can't get up with the highs and get down with the lows, then, then what's the point? You know, I'd, I'd rather do that than just kind of flatline through the whole thing and we're passionate and we want to, we want to kind of, we want this team to win so badly, don't we? It's been 20 years since the league title, that Champions League, unfortunately has eluded us as a club. And it's just, you can see the makings of a really strong team here. You can kind of, you allow yourself to dream a little bit and then you think, Oh no, man, City are there and Liverpool are there and this has happened yeah. and that's happened. And then you do get a little bit of a slap or like you say on the bum or, or that kind of wake up call and you think, shit, maybe we're, we're further away from it than you thought. But I think you're right. I think this team has got more to it than than previous teams. One thing um, that we have got in our locker again, and, and we've already said about being the set piece kings, but we've got that ability that when we're not playing so well, we are a real danger from set pieces. Um, we're solid in defensive set pieces as well. So it's not like we're going to get done with a muggy goal and, and get counted out of a game so much. So look, I think we're, 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 we're going along quite nicely. Um, Onwards we go to Sheffield United. Yeah, let's smash them, mate. Thanks for listening to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. If you didn't think we were talking absolute nonsense and want to hear more from us, you can follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at WTW1985 or simply search Whatever the Weather.